1: Hello everyone. Hey y'all I'm Kayla and I'm Kristen
0: and welcome to Black True calm for the second time this week <laughs> It's giving too much. I've been talking <laughs> too much. Kristen is wore out. My girl has a full-time job child and she's been working like a Hebrew. So Kudos bear with her. Me yes for sure today i'm really excited about this case because it has like a crazy twist at the end and i don't even want to waste too much time let's get right into it period today's case will have us taking a trip to 1901 when a transient murderer would take two lives but later be found responsible for many more join us as we discuss the man known as the tacoma axe killer jake bird
1: Ooh, jake bird Ooh, mm-hmm. wow mm-hmm. it's giving america horror story kristen yeah i like that you
0: said that mm-hmm. it's giving america horror story season of the Carney circus
1: yes period
0: <laughs> for sure so jake bird was born on december 14th 1901 in louisiana
1: Kristen,
0: what happened in black history in whatever year you chose
1: okay because i definitely didn't choose 1901 i went back Mm -hmm. when i say back i went backety back because i saw this really cool fun fact did y'all know that the first chip yes potato chip lace chip chip was made by a black man Hmm. Yeah, his name was George Crumb, and he was actually um, the son of a African-American man, a.k.a. black man, and a Native American woman. They had him around 1824. He grew up, and then he found out he had a knack for cooking in the culinary arts. So, hmm. believe, get this. A black man in 1853 working as a chef in a restaurant, period. Yay. Wow. Yes, and the restaurant that he was working at was known for these French-fried potatoes. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, you heard it right. It was a potato sliced, not thin, but like, you know, like a French fry, basically, the long Mm -hmm. way. Okay, okay. And so people would come to the restaurant because that's what they want. Well, one day, one customer sent the French fried potatoes back to the kitchen and said that they were cut too thick and he wants them redone. Well, mm-hmm. Crumb being, you know, who he was, the culinary artiste with an attitude, right? went ahead and cut the potato really, 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 really thin, mm-hmm. fried them in some grease to almost they were burnt to a crisp and yeah. threw them on the plate and said, give him those and see what he likes threw some salt on him and then threw him on a plate and then said, give him those and see how he likes it. Yeah. And to his surprise, the table loved it. Mm. They loved those what they called chips um, or the French fried potatoes, but they were really, really thin. And to the mm-hmm. point where other tables were asking for, hey, we want crumbs chips we want his potato chips so it actually was coined crumbs chips and that is the tall the tall tale story because we don't know for a fact if it was the first chip but that's what we know of yeah um, as being america's first chip and that's the tale of the first potato chip how interesting I love that. I love that.
0: And I was thinking, I was like, you know, even in Britain, they have chips that they eat, but even those chips aren't as thin as the chips that we're used to. So maybe Crumb really did come up with it.
1: Well, (laughs) what we do know is that he made a mean chip because everybody would come to that restaurant, not for his French fried potatoes anymore, but for Crumb's chips. chips.
0: I love that for Crumb. Well, thank you, sister, so much for that crumb
1: of black history (laughs) (laughs) i was chipper to do it oh god bye okay (laughs) okay
0: so jake bird born 1901 and he had a very hard life growing up i didn't find too much detail about it because you know 1901 and all but yeah it was hard and you can think he was in the south post-slavery but pre-civil rights so it's probably just like the worst fucking time to be alive it was horrible Mm -hmm. his family was very poor and at age 19 he decided to leave home and not to earn money for his family to send home or anything just to basically live his own life Period. He was tired. He was broke and he was tired. And he was tired. He was living kind of like that hobo life. So he'd sneak onto train cars. And once the train reached a town, he would trade a day's work for a warm meal and a safe place to sleep that night. And then he'd get up the next day and just do it all over again.
1: Wow, the transient life.
0: Mm -hmm. I commend him for it, though. He was making his own way and figuring it the fuck out. So one day he ended up in Tacoma, Washington, which is a long way from home. And that's when something would change in Mr. Jake Bird. So Tacoma earned the name the City of Destiny during the late 1800s and when it was chosen to be the hub for the Northern Pacific Railroad, which is a kind of a big deal. And since Jake was working on railroads when he was finding work, it was like a perfect place for him to go and hopefully find a permanent job. Okay. But once he arrived, it seemed like he planned to do nothing but wreak havoc.
1: Oh, Jake.
0: Mm-hmm. Nothing good was going to come from this. So I'm not sure what changed within him. But Jake no longer seemed to be interested in railroad work or working for, you know, room and board. He was now interested in breaking into people's houses and assaulting people. He was even charged with attempted murder. Jake, where have we gone? to the end of the road (laughs) why do we take such a turn and maybe because of the evils of such a racist world you can't go anywhere without someone like spitting on you or kicking you so maybe his heart just turned cold and he said fuck it
1: yeah maybe he was like I ain't got nothing to live for anyway I'm broke I ain't got no money no family no house
0: right let's just cut up just steal from you doesn't hurt me
1: In total, he would
0: spend about fifteen years in multiple prisons for his different crimes. Mm. But he was not living a (laughs) a law abiding life. Not anything of the nature. Mm -mm. And I was thinking, I was like, I wouldn't even know where to begin if I wanted to rob somebody, Kristen. What do I say? Like, do I do with my hands? It would bother me to even be that close to someone for that period of time. (laughs) Kristen, please put your hands down. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying some people, some people got a knack for the worst parts of humanity.
1: It does. It's like a fight or flight when you're trying to do something naughty. And like some people just push through that feeling and do it anyway. They thrive off of it.
0: Fast forward 12 years to October 30th, 1947. 45-year-old Jake Bird was in Tacoma looking for work when he happened upon 1007 South 21st Street, which was the house of 52-year-old Bertha Clud and her 17-year-old daughter Beverly June. Okay. Jake broke into their house where he found both women and hacked them to death with an axe.
1: No were they white
0: yes they were white Wow. so that's them it's like not a very good picture but that's the only one that i could find of them
1: oh man
0: yeah the women were expectedly screaming throughout this horrible attack which alarmed their neighbors who quickly called the police great so two officers arrived first and when they got there they saw jake covered in blood and still holding a knife So I don't even know where he got this knife from. If he brought it with him, what the fuck? So after the axe, he used a knife? Correct. He left the axe in the house, ran when he saw the police, and had a knife with him. Mm. One officer was slashed in the hand with the knife, and the other one was stabbed in the shoulder. Dang. I'm surprised. (laughs) Did they not have guns back then? They did. They definitely did. Another officer arrived and was able to punch Jake in the face, and then he kicked him in the dick, and that's what got him to sit his ass down. Okay. Jake was transferred to the hospital first to get his injuries checked out, and then he was taken to the old city hall jail cells. So there was evidence that Jake attempted to sexually assault Bertha, the mother, before killing her, and that's when Beverly heard her mom scream. And that's what drew her into the kitchen from the upstairs. And both women, unfortunately, lost their lives. Hey, I read that Beverly. I know. I just thought right now, I was like, if she stayed upstairs, you know, it may not have even, she may still be here. But if you hear your mom screaming like that, I can't imagine someone that would just stay upstairs.
1: Man, if I hear my mom screaming like a a gut bloody murder. Yeah. Right. Like, I have to bring something with me. Me and Lady yep. would get up in arms. Yep. If anything, I would start screaming.
0: So if there was someone that was down there or something, they would get startled. Maybe stop doing what they're doing.
1: Yeah, something. Just like making animal noises.
0: (laughs) whatever you can do. Act a fool. So I read somewhere that somehow Jake was almost able to convince officers that he wasn't responsible for the woman's murders. How
1: did he do that? I don't know. He was bloody and had a knife.
0: Kristen literally, but the fact that they saw like brain matter on his shirt, they were like, "Sir, you know, we've got to take you in." Wow! And it's the camaraderie amongst men that'll never cease to amaze <laughs> me. I tell ya,
1: even when it's black versus white, men men would rather have. No, that's not true because it's not will true. Go up in arms. Oh, they woman. Yeah,
0: but it's just hard. Like black men had the right to vote before women did or you know white women so there is some type of i don't know either way it's all fucked up Mm -hmm. when detective sherman lyons interrogated jake at the tacoma city jail jake confessed to the murders and said that it was just a robbery gone bad he said he entered the home through the unlocked back door and his goal was just to rob the place when they asked him like okay so why did you bring an axe with you (laughs) hello and he said oh that was just something i found in a nearby shed and i brought it with me to quote bluff off anyone who tried to bother me end quote Mm. bluff
1: off no that's not even a term sir that would make sense
0: in the 19 late 1940s right you want to bluff off any like kkk people that still think it's fucking okay to lunch us that Mm. part would make sense but you're going into these women's houses if that was your goal you shouldn't take that with you
1: probably not
0: leave it outside of the door at the very least if you didn't plan to use it come on now Mm. he then took off his shoes and snuck into bertha's room and stole a dollar and 50 cents from her purse Mm. sad when he went back into the kitchen he saw bertha standing right behind him He told her, you know, I only want your money. I want to get my shoes and then I'm going to get out of here. But that's when all of a sudden he said Beverly came behind him, grabbed him from behind. And that's when he just like freaked out and killed them both. Beverly or Bertha? Beverly. Beverly was the daughter that came from upstairs. So she came up behind him and jumped on him because, you know, he was attacking her mother. So, yeah. And in my head, it's like all you had to do was push Beverly off. These women weren't going to do any serious damage to you. You could have escaped.
1: Yeah. Like, did you snap? What happened? He didn't want to.
0: I think he did what he wanted to do, which was kill those women. Mm. He said he attacked the police because he thought they were going to shoot him. And they most likely will 100 percent shoot you if you attack them like you did.
1: Like you think a knife is fending off a gunshot? It's not no sir it'll initiate one (laughs) i think so definitely jake was charged with two first
0: degree murder charges and his trial was scheduled to start the following month on friday october 31st 1947 45 year old jake bird was charged with first degree murder for the death of bertha clud at the time it was normal for the prosecution to only charge someone with one murder just in case like they didn't get a conviction for the first Mm -hmm. one Mm -hmm. and then they could charge him for the second one His trial was scheduled to start on Monday, November 24th, 1947, which means Jake was pleading not guilty to the murder. Maybe he was saying it wasn't first degree murder. It was manslaughter Mm -hmm. or something because he meant to just rob them. But it's like, sir,
1: you robbed them. Like anything that comes after that is on you. If a
0: murder happens during the commission of a crime, sayonara, guy. You're fucked. (laughs) His attorney petitioned to be removed as Jake's counsel because Jake wanted to represent
1: himself okay who does
0: that surprise no one
1: sounds a little nutty to me
0: he just seems like he has an elevated view of himself and he feels like he can protect himself better than this fucking random guy
1: well let's see him try let's see
0: his attorney also petitioned for a change of venue saying that jake wouldn't get a fair trial in pierce county but the judge denied both requests Mm. a jury of nine men and three women were to decide jake's fate his trial only lasted a day and a half (laughs) and i'm surprised it lasted that brain and blood tissue from both women were found on jake's clothing and his bloody fingerprints were apparently found at the scene as well so if there's nothing else that will get you it'll be your fucking fingerprints at the scene Mm -hmm. the state presented a witness whose testimony shocked everyone it was tacoma police officer john hickey and he testified quote I regret to say that I lost my temper after returning from the clut home and viewing the terribly hacked bodies of the two women. I had asked Bird as we sat in the patrol wagon why he murdered the two women. He said he didn't do it. I asked him who did then, and he said it was Leroy. Who's Leroy? I asked him. Oh, another Negro around town, Bird replied. You're lying, I replied, and he looked at me with a smug and insolent look. I know I shouldn't have done it, but I hit him in the jaw with my fist, knocking him to the front of the patrol wagon. Then I struck him a number of times with my nightstick until he said, don't kill me. Dang. That brought me to my senses and we took him to the hospital where a nurse said he wasn't badly hurt, end quote.
1: Mm. Okay, relax. Everybody just relax. (laughs) Let the justice system do the work. You know how police are. They're already looking for a reason to beat your ass up. Oh, yeah, period. Talking about I lost my temper. No, you never You never found it. You never had it found. You never were waiting for a moment it. to do that. Definitely. So with this admission, the
0: defense moved for the signed confession that took place after the beating to be ruled inadmissible because it was made under duress. So basically they're saying since he had his ass beat, he only confessed because of the ass beating. Hmm. But the judge said, I don't think so. The people that beat him weren't the same people that interviewed him, so there's no correlation. Okay. Closing arguments took place on Wednesday, November 26th, and after deliberating for only 35 minutes, the jury unanimously decided that Jake was guilty of the murder of Bertha
1: Cludd. Well, in any other circumstance, I would be pissed, but <laughs> I believe he, he did, did it, too.
0: Yep. Jake reportedly had no reaction. He was stoic and calm, just like he'd been throughout the whole trial. And when he was being transported back to his cell by five deputies, by the way, he said to them, "Quote, what's all the excitement about?" I'm like, was he taunting them? That's something like Hannibal Lecter would say. That's something that someone that thinks they're hundred percent small smarter than you would taunt you and say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crazy. On Saturday, December 6th, 1947, the judge sentenced Jake to hang on the gallows at the Washington State Penitentiary on January 6th, 1948. Jake's defense attorney told the court there would be no further appeals on his behalf. He done all he could do for Jake and he was just done fighting.
1: Well, I mean, what can you do? The dude didn't even want you to be his attorney at this point. The attorney said, quote, I feel
0: whenever any man of 45 years old gets an idea that no lives are safe to anyone except his own, that man is a detriment to society and should be obliterated. Oh, wow. End quote. Ooh.
1: He's giving still a little bit of racism here. So. I don't like the tone. No, I get it, <laughs> but I don't I get it. like the tone.
0: <laughs> Not coming from you. Mm-mm. When the judge asked Jake if he had anything to say, he took his time, girl. He spoke for 20 minutes straight. And here are some key pieces I thought you guys should know. So he said, quote, I was given no chance to defend myself. My own lawyers just asked you to hang me. They apologized for defending me. If they were so reluctant to defend me, why did they contest the prosecutor's proof of murder and now say that everything is proven? I'm putting the hex of Jake Bird on all of you who had anything to do with my being punished. Mark my words, you will die before I do. Oh,
1: wow.
0: Kristen, he was not fucking around. But being honest, not too many people took him serious. Duh. Mm -hmm. Who would? Until people started dying. No. Girl. So the first person to die was the 69-year-old judge who sentenced Jake to death. He died of a heart attack not too long after the conviction. It was on January 1st,
1: 1948. Oh my God, Kayla. Mm-hmm. So what, like two weeks later? Mm-hmm.
0: Then it was the 46-year-old police officer who recorded Bird's confession. Mm-hmm. He died of a heart attack as well, and that was on April 5th, 1948. Mm-hmm. The next victim was the 69-year-old court reporter and that was another heart attack on June 11th, 1948. People are dropping like flies. Like flies, Kristen. Up next was his 76-year-old defense lawyer who also died of a heart attack. That was the one that said he should be obliterated. Mm-hmm. Whole time you were, you were. And that happened on November 26th, 1948. And then the fifth and final person to die was one of Jake's prison guards. He died of pneumonia two months before, spoiler alert, Jake's execution. Wow.
1: So he told them, like, you guys are going to die. And he made, I don't know how the fuck he, he made sure that they did. I told sure you it was giving did. American Horror Story somebody. And maybe he's a warlock. He was born in Louisiana. Maybe wow. he... Tapped
0: into some of the darker roots there.
1: Wow. That's why you got stay prayed up, y'all. This stuff is real. Crazy. So although he was originally scheduled
0: to die in January, for some reason, on Sunday, December 7th, 1947, Jake found himself being transferred to the place he'd be put to death. But shortly before his execution, he started to confess to more murders that he claimed police knew nothing about. mm In fact, he told them he was responsible for dozens of murders over the last 20 years and would tell them everything they wanted to know. Mm. Is this like a game or is he
1: being serious?
0: So they're like, okay, this is obviously an attempt to prolong his life, but they didn't want to take the chance of him really being responsible and him dying before they could close any of these cases. Mm -hmm. So with some legal maneuvering and stalling, Jake was able to buy himself about a year and a half, mm. which is crazy. Now, mind you, he was doing a lot of this by himself. So for a great deal of time, he was only working with anti-death penalty people and himself. Mm. And then he would later have Marie Tagart, which was his new attorney, hop on and really start to help him. But most of the shit he was doing by himself, so he was very smart. But by the end of it all, he would confess to about 44 murders, Kristen.
1: Dang, Jake. Yes. When was he completing these murders? Like while he was on the railroad? He said it
0: happened. He said it happened over the last 20 years. So I guess from the time he was 24 years old to, you know, 45 as he is now.
1: Mm -mm -mm.
0: So on january 15th the judge granted him a 60-day reprieve and i guess that was just basically for them to corroborate everything mm-hmm. and out of the 44 murders he confessed to only 11 could be corroborated and for me to even say only is fucked up because that's
1: a ridiculous amount compared to the two he's being convicted for and would hang for exactly exactly
0: The victims, who were mostly all women, were killed in Illinois, Kentucky, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Kansas, South Dakota, Ohio, Florida, Wisconsin, Michigan, Iowa, and Washington.
1: He had been on them tracks. You know he was a transient. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: So from the looks of it, he started out killing after he left home. Because I didn't see Louisiana on the list, so he -hmm. started after he was 19, which is just too long. Jake was... Jake was filing every type of appeal he could. He was asking for a stay of execution, and when he would get one, he'd start filing for another one. He was just trying to get himself as much time as he could, but time would eventually run out. On Thursday, July 14th, 1949, two years after he murdered Bertha and Beverly, Jake ate his last meal on death row. Wow. He spoke to his attorney and said that he could be a good loser if he knew everything had been done to save his life. (laughs) Fuck your life. You didn't care about those people that you killed. Girl.
1: Bing bong. He held held on to this even after he was convicted for the two murders. Held on to the fact that he was a serial killer.
0: Yeah, and he felt like his life deserved to be saved, which is until it benefited him. The fucking entitlement. At midnight, he was moved to the gallows where 125 people waited to witness. A prison chaplain read a note from Jake to the crowd, but before he could even finish, the executioner pulled the lever and Jake dropped to his death. Oh, wow. and they were like, let's get this show on the road. He was taken down 14 minutes later and buried in a grave marked only as convict number
1: 21520. Like now you have been reduced to a number.
0: In a newspaper I saw it said, Jake willed his life fortune $6 and 15 cents to his attorney. I was like, y'all are fucking petty, but I'm here
1: for it. Mm. So yeah, that is our case. That's our mini case. That's so crazy. And the fact that he said 44 people and they only corroborated 11, that means he really could have even like put a hex on them. He didn't have to touch them to kill him. Apparently.
0: Yeah, and maybe they just didn't have more time or resources to verify all those other people. Mm-hmm. So with him traveling and being on the road for so much of his life, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. Wow. So let us know what you guys thought about this case. Let us know what you thought about having two back-to-back this week. Pretty crazy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> it may never happen again.
0: Kristen, it'll happen again as long as I keep writing them (laughs) and can get you on the fucking call. It's gonna happen.
1: That part.
0: Mm -hmm. Love you guys. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed it, please, please, please give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's completely free. You don't even have to fucking have an account. It really helps us. Really helps our show grow. And before we go, be safe. Be safe. Protect your peace. And protect your space. So we so don't we have, don't to, have cover to cover your, your case. case, friend.
1: Bye. Bye. You have a right to kill me. I have a right
0: to do that. But you have no right to judge me. hey you guys are you looking for a way to get out of debt faster or are you just sick of seeing those student loans on your credit report after all this time Well, I wanna introduce you guys to the Chipper app. They are incredible when it comes to helping you find out the best way to pay back your student loans. And they'll even help you find out if you qualify for forgiveness programs, which is amazing and means you don't have to pay anything. I highly recommend checking them out. They also let you link the card you use for everyday purchases. And if you sign up for the roundups program, they'll take the leftover change from each transaction and put it toward your student loan. So you're paying them back and not even noticing incredible you have to try them out and they're completely free use the link in our episode description and get started today